The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. What? Beyond. Really? I know really? Come on. Really? Beyond. What are you, a ventriloquist? You're gonna drink water through the intro? <laughs> Beyond. <laughs> Beyond. Perfect. Thank you. Wow. God, we're off to a bad start once again. <laughs> hey, everybody. Our last time ever in this room, though. No one, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, just stop just, it. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome, everybody, to Podcast Beyond, episode 467. I'm Max Scoville, joined by Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. You're not going to drink water for that, Excellent too? start. Brian Altano. Hi, everybody. And joining us from our LA office, Terry Schwartz. Yay. This is my first time doing a show with you, aside from you like Comic-Con live show things. I mean, like a, like a show yeah. show, not like a first time we can like actually talk about how we really feel. about Yeah, each other. yeah. So you do you do a lot Pure of hatred kind of entertainment <laughs> coverage, uh, which is different from games because games aren't, aren't entertaining. They're no, very serious. they're no fun. Um, but yeah. you, you know games too, right? Like, I do know games. You did too. you did that awesome Uncharted Four preview, right? I did do that awesome Uncharted Four preview. Don't yeah. look at my gameplay; it's so. Good. And you revealed uh, you did that Insomniac thing. I did do that Insomniac thing, that one, and Song you, of the Deep, which I liked a lot more than Marty liked. Well, yeah, Marty that was interesting. Well, well I like you a lot more Marty's than Marty's a hater. So. No, yeah. I'm um, alternately Marty and Alana today. It's really exciting. That's true. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. You're, um, hiding, you're hiding your voice very well for both of those people. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that would sound like. You most recently, you just went to BlizzCon, right? I did, this oh. past weekend. My first BlizzCon. What was that like? It was. It's a really fun show. I'm used to the Comic-Cons of the world, mm-hmm. which are fan events, but ultimately marketing arms and big opportunities to show big movies. E3, obviously, more of an industry event than a fan event. BlizzCon is totally just people who love Blizzard coming to a show saying, hey, thanks for loving us. Here's a lot of fun to do. Uh, stuff, stuff. God, off to a good start. It's I know cool. the no We're curse. Fine. It's fine now. We'll we'll, we'll we put a cat meow over it. <laughs> just like... Terry's Terry's bad girl list. Um, Terry, never again. <laughs> never cross your again. Name out. Already out of here. No, so BlizzCon was super fun, and the vibe was really great. And I've never really been to a convention mm-hmm. like that before. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think we've talked about this on the show. But if you have a very focused convention, it tends to be a lot more fun, a lot yeah. more positive. Um, I mean, PSX is coming up. Yep, um, yep, yep. Max and I did Star are... Wars Celebration last year. We had totally. the same thing. I walked in, and I was just kind of like, Why would how, how can you do Star Wars for three days? Actually, I take it back. I've been to D twenty three before, but mm-hmm. my 
experience at D23 was they had this massive press line tucked away in a tent in the mm. back room of the Anaheim Convention Center. And it was so hot. It yeah. was so hot. And we were in there, I'm not even joking, for seven hours Ooh, waiting wow. for it. Because it was like they had this whole day of presentation <laughs> yeah. and we were there. So I didn't really get a sense of that. And even that's then. just like Disney, right? Which is now right. big enough to be. Listen, people love Disney. It's only three. Yeah. But yeah. It's, yeah. there's so many properties under that umbrella. Whereas Blizzard, like, it's actually, it's it's sort of compartmentalized down to like what five or six major games that people are right. still talking about and yeah. people are so like i went to blizzcon 2013 having basically never played a blizzard game ever like i've played here and there a little bit but like That's going to that convention as like an outsider is so cool and yep. people are so into it and what was interesting about this year is it was probably the smallest blizzcon ever in terms of announcements no new game. They had two years of Overwatch. No big announcement like that. WoW basically wasn't even on the stage. They were like, right. hey, remember we did that Warcraft movie? Sharp right. Sharp right. Oh, wow. like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Look, it made money. And now the legacy of World yeah. of Warcraft. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, even coming off that, it, there was a lot of fun stuff to do. We're going to talk about Sombra a bit. I believe that was probably the biggest thing, even though mm-hmm. it, it happened exactly how people expected, all the way down to, hey, she'll hack into the opening yeah. ceremony. Yeah. And that was be cute. Real, yeah. their, their stream was awful, so like I totally fell for it. I was like, oh man, the stream's going out again, like an old man, and then it was actually the reveal of that new character. Yeah, but Sombra's like, she's like a hacker lady. That's kind of, I kind of caught this like secondhand through, for, through Twitter, and it's funny because people were just like, there's like the people who are like, yeah, she's cool, and there's people who are like, I want to do sex stuff with her. Yeah. I want her to hack into, into my uh, swear words, and you're just like, what? What's happening? Yeah. Who are you and why do I follow does that, you? Does that surprise you? Wait, yeah. you follow me? I don't know. Why was, were those Adam other Sessler, tweets that you were tweeting about? There are these, like, thin, this is thin veneer between like me, a fairly weird guy, some slightly weirder people I follow, and the very weird people that they follow who they'll yep. retweet and then yep. I see it and yep. I'm like, huh, that's okay. It's like a fun I mean, game of telephone. Well, you know, I, really I mean, like, like, I like Overwatch fandom a lot, though. Yeah. Like, like, people are weird and people mm-hmm. do want all the characters to sex on each other, but like at the same time, like I like that this game has been out what a less than a year like it was a this year game right? even the gorilla <laughs> yeah even especially oh yeah gorilla. i'm so sad that i missed lucy when she was here lucy o'brien yep. one of my very very favorite people who works at ign <laughs> and one of our most talented writers i think as well this is paid for by lucy o'brien <laughs> um but she wrote a great piece actually about the fandom and fan fiction that has right. come out around overwatch that was so so fascinating to me uh, a really interesting deep dive from the people behind it and sort of how that's helped form yeah, it's really interesting, especially from like a genre perspective, because you don't really see a lot of like, like there's people aren't really doing like Soap McTavish fan art for Call of Duty or like even like we Max and I got in a Battlefront, but those are just like pre-established characters, yeah. you know, and a bunch of like throwaway bounty hunter guys that we have thousands of toys. But it's of. also it's also funny how like just how Overwatch is like people are it's it's a shooter, but it's yeah. like colorful, you know, it's yep. like it's yeah. got this kind of level of strategy to it, but it's also it's still it is competitive, yep. but it's like not a it seems like a very positive community. And also a very horny community. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's the key to it. If you're, Positively if you're like, horny. Yeah. That's what it says well, in the box. Like, how did, what did Overwatch crack? <laughs> it, it understood that uh, you don't want to play the same characters you've played always. Yeah. Like, these all feel like new, fresh characters, even though the idea of, of a PvP shooter, ultimately, is very familiar. And also, like I am someone who is never going to be the sharpshooter yep. of the group. I'm never going to be the best with the sniper unless it has like auto-aligned to whichever enemy is closest. <laughs> yeah. But it's so team-based that you can be the healer, and being Lucio is like There's a place for you. Important. Exactly. There's like a, you always have a role you where you're like... You don't have to be yeah. the best hit 
in order and to I, still be really I totally appreciate that because I think a lot of modern shooters kind of miss that point and they become so twitch based and so focused on like you have to be the best I mean we had the um, we had one of the community guys from Astro Gaming on up at noon the other day and he was talking about how basically the intricacies down to the exact sound of hearing footsteps in certain directions in the right, in the right headsets uh, can make the difference in, in a game and I'm like man that's so deep and that's so insane and so intense mm-hmm. but like for other games you're like but what if I just want to hang back and like make everyone feel better with positivity right. or like yeah. <laughs> throw well, bombs I mean, from far away know, conversely like no one likes that because I'm just like Terry get catch up with everyone else I'm like yeah. I'm just yep. trying to make you feel good I'm like coming back <laughs> here <to> yep. <laughs> um, I just like I love that everyone's always like shouting their catchphrases in Overwatch and yep. stuff and it's like you know you got like the Counter-Strike stuff like you gotta, you gotta listen carefully for the echo of the footsteps around corners and they're like well uh, in Overwatch uh, the cowboy will <laughs> shout out something about high noon and you can tell where he is <laughs> from anywhere on the map um, yeah anyway so that's uh, that's cool um, another big thing that happened this week was yesterday was N7 day November 7th which means it's Mass Effect day Arbitrary armor letter and number day. Yeah. <laughs> the official Nike of space. You're so sold on this. <laughs> All right. Um, I love how incredulous you are about this. I know, you're like, and on May the really? 4th, we'll be like, it's Star Wars Day. Let's get a game. <laughs> I mean, like, N7 is like, I see why they did that. No, of course, yeah, of, yeah, course yeah. of course, of course. Um, it's so like it's March 10th on Mario Day. It's, it's better than like stuff. March March effect oh, yeah. or something. Like, yeah, March 10th, it's like MAR10. Because it's MAR10. That's the day that everyone thinks the NX is going to come out that or the Switch is going to come out that day because it spells out MAR10. Like yeah, Mario. Okay. yeah, okay. This okay. is going to be like every day is a holiday except every day is some yeah. sort of time. Yeah. Day yeah. yeah. Every day should be National Puppy Day. Um, I support that. But yeah, so they, uh, BioWare dropped a bunch of stuff. We've kind of been getting teases about this. Uh, but Mass Effect Andromeda is coming out early next year. Uh, do we have a date for that yet? No. So uh, they keep saying spring. And then the CFO VA has said Q1 a bunch. Uh, there was an art yeah. book from Dark Horse that said that's coming out March 21st, 2017. And on the Amazon listing, it was like, this will come out the same day as the game. But they never confirmed that. And then today uh, or yesterday when they put up the pre-orders... Uh, one of them was for a digital code on Xbox, and it had a release date on the image itself that said March twenty first, twenty sixteen, which is so it's been out packed. all along. <laughs> yeah, so we don't know. Uh, I would guess that March is a pretty good guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, nice thing is that even when they do announce it, that doesn't mean it's actually coming out. Then I know <laughs> it's a video yeah. game; it doesn't mean anything. Um, uh, I will I say mean, that I like the um, I like the fact. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way: this the, this trailer is the way this game should have been revealed to begin with. I mean, we saw yeah. those weird like uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, like, it always does that, and it sucks. It's like yeah. a, it was like that behind a computer where a guy was like, "I'm really making a game right now," and then there was like that weird like uh, that thing they showed at E3 with that character just kind of walking around. On that planetary surface, with like the Johnny Cash. Song. Yeah, was that PSX? Was that yeah? When was it? Was, yeah. No, no, it was something no, more was, recently. Gamescom, Gamescom, maybe. Gamescom, yeah, yeah, Gamescom. Yeah. They all melt together. Yeah. But this was an actual straight up trailer. Um, it, it kind of showed mm-hmm. it, it. It showed locations. It showed aliens. It showed combat. Uh, it showed how beautiful this game is. Story um, focused as well. Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Which which I love. So yeah, like it's it's definitely weird because we know. Simultaneously, I feel like way too much and not enough about this. Um, we don't exactly. We we do kind of know when it's set. Let's just throw Break this out this there. Down for us, Andrew. You did right. it so well yeah. before the show it's, started. It's Miranda. So Miranda put up a thing on IGN that you can read. Uh, I point to the camera. Well, I'll point. Okay. For, uh, it's got thirty-seven new things we know about Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, and one of the things in terms of time period uh, that she has here. 
is that the crew has traveled 600 years to get the Andromeda Galaxy because the very quick breakdown is that there are these arcs to save different races and you play as either the brother or the sister in a family on the human arc. So wait. Um, so it's, it's been traveling for 600 years and it departed sometime between the events of Mass Effect 2 and before Mass Effect So 2. it's a post-pre-sequel. Oh, God, that hurt. No. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, all, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nothing. It's a, it's a successor that takes place... I don't know, like 400 years after Mass Effect 3-ish. So a sequel. But it's... Well, no, because it's none of the same characters. <laughs> so a, This is like the yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. What is Prometheus <laughs> to Alien? Yeah, exactly. like, is Final exactly, Fantasy yeah. 13 a sequel to Final Fantasy It's 12? not a spinoff, it's a companion tale. <laughs> I mean, I think obviously the difference here is that Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 were so closely intertwined. This is clearly launching a new franchise mm-hmm. yep. in the Mass Effect universe that is related, yeah. sort of, to it's the like events. Star Trek yeah. Next Generation versus original Star Trek, I right. guess. Or that I'm assuming will launch a new trilogy. I mean, <laughs> the big thing here is that they had uh, the last games were on previous generation of consoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some, every console is going to be somebody's first console. And I know that, you know, you see a lot of publishers moving away from having, you know, numbers in their titles. And we saw this with Dragon Age Inquisition. So with Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, All the launch like, games, Infamous yeah. and Killzone. And, yeah. yeah, like I played a bit of Dragon Age Inquisition. That was the first one that was running on the Frostbite engine, which is now like standard practice for EA Studios. Yep. Uh, and it was also like, what did they do there? That was like, they that, that one felt like the most kind of like from the ground up, like just tearing things apart and really rebuilding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people seem to like that okay, uh, Inquisition. That was, yeah. our, that was our game of the year, yep. year before last. 2014, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I yeah. was very belligerent about that game. I played it, and I was like, I will get every achievement down to the end. And then I got real frustrated because they were all, like, endless, like, gather all these resources. Get the herbs. It's like, I will not get these herbs. <laughs> Go um, kill every dragon. But, yeah, like, uh, obviously they're kind of they're kind of doing the same thing here with, with Mass Effect. Uh, but it's weird because whereas I feel like Dragon Age had, like, a certain amount of hype behind it, and people were like, yeah, bring out more Dragon Age. Uh, in this case, the last time we checked in on Mass Effect, it was Mass Effect 3, and there was that whole ending debacle. Yeah. Do you think people just haven't gotten over feeling burned from Yeah, I think so, and I think that's been a running theme this year. Max and I were actually talking about this before the show. Um, anecdotally, watching social media, I think that this trailer did a lot of good in terms of bringing up nostalgia from people. I just saw everyone in the world who has some sort of connection or memory to the franchise in some capacity was like, here's a shirt I have, here's a tattoo I have, here's like this art book, here's this, this. Like, Mass Effect is a, is a good pair of words to gamers. People like that. But then they... Think also about the ending of the third one yeah, and how it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it leaves people kind of bitter, and uh, I think this year has been we've seen a lot of that. Uh, Titanfall two is getting sort of lukewarm sales, um, and I think it's because people were kind of burnt on the first one and didn't feel like there was enough there. I feel like it's just timing, honestly. Timing's, I feel like timing's a thing. I also, feel like Titanfall two. Critically, people seem to love it, yep. but it came out sandwiched between Call of Duty and Battlefield. Like, well, it feels like it was sort of put off to die. Totally. But also we look at, uh, which is, and it's a good game too, which kind of sucks, but uh, Watch Dogs 2, the pre-orders haven't been skyrocketing through the roof. Yep. I think people are kind of cautiously optimistic about where they put their 60 bucks now. Mm-hmm. And if you get burned once in, in video games, you don't keep coming back. I think even with Call of Duty, we're going to see sort of like a softening in terms mm-hmm. of how well that's received and how critically. I mean, we used to see Call of Duty top the MPD every single time, so... So we'll it's see. It's weird now, like, with Call of Duty, not to get too much in the weeds, I guess, but, like, with Call of Duty, it's weird because this is Infinity War's chance to prove itself yeah. because they were the A-team. They were, like, the not the A-team, like, Mr. T, but as in they were, like, the good team 
uh, in terms of making the best Call of Duty games. And then I don't think it, anyone was thinking Mr. T. <laughs> and now that's <laughs> sort of become uh, Treyarch. And I feel yeah. like Black Ops is now kind of the, the golden goose for Call of Duty. So yeah. like, I feel like Infinity Ward, especially Ghosts, has been, I believe, the low point in sales for the last, whatever, three, four years. Uh, it'll be interesting seeing if this one pulls it back. And with Mass Effect, I don't know. Like, I don't, I actually feel like Mass Effect is tremendously positive. I feel like people complained about the ending at the time, but that was the most vocal people. And then also they did a lot to address it with the DLC that came so, after. Kind like, of. I feel like so the no, community no, no. So is I'm not, I'm not just basing this arbitrarily on, like, ambient buzz. Like, going mm. to, like, the main post on Reddit or, like, the, the main, you know, the YouTube page, the top comments on there are people being, like, not overly negative, but just very, very hesitant. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's also the fact that this trailer doesn't really – it's not showing you, like, oh, here's you interacting with aliens. It's not showing you, like, combat. I mean, we've seen, like, a little bit of that, but it's mostly, like, we've seen kind of behind-the-scenes sizzle reel stuff. We've seen a uh, cinematic trailer. We've seen sort of, like, a level walk walkthrough. But it, none of that is really reflective of what Mass Effect is like. Well, because I think people are yeah. hesitant to get into a relationship, for be- lack of a better term, with a, a game franchise. No, because that's what it was, right? I mean, like, you created a character, and you fed this character's story mm-hmm. over the course of three games, and what it spit back out at you at the end was not good. Like, it felt like a yeah. failed relationship. And I think people are hesitant. They're like, I don't know if I want to jump back into all that again and give this company another, like, seven years of my life to spit out a that's character. So, that, that's fascinating to me. I, I haven't seen any of that. I feel like I'm just looking in different places. I've just seen yeah. nothing but, like, undying positivity and, like, love for the brand and, like, well, people, that, that's like... that's it. That, like, on my Twitter feed, it's entirely people being like, hey, here's my, like, N7 leggings. Like, here's my favorite Mass Effect shirt. Here's my tattoo. Like, people love that franchise. I mean... It's a tattoo. Yeah. 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 Face right? tattoos. Like, you're like, right across the forehead. Well, now I'm kind of stuck like on or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, people, I mean, people do have that. Um, I turned my N7 into Yoshi for some reason. Yeah. I got the map of the of the solar system across my back. I got Garrus on one of my butt cheeks. Great. What's yeah. on the other? Oh. Uh, I don't know I said off that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that good. Joker. Um, anyway, uh, just, it's actually just Seth Green, but I got him, like, a cool space hat. So it, it looks like Joker. Yeah. That's good After enough. I saw Austin Powers, I was like, wow, that, yep. <laughs> Scott Evil's great. Uh, if only he was in space. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, like, I think that there is there is that, obviously, the love for the, the, the franchise, the IP mm. itself, but, like, as far as this new game coming out, it's, like, it's weird. You know, it's kind of what we yep. saw with... Um, I don't know, with, with Force Awakens, like people being like, oh, like, eh, I don't know, I kind of got burned before, so like maybe we're seeing some of that, but it's also, I mean, I feel like once I see how this game actually looks when you're playing it and you're taking control of it as opposed to getting beaten over the head with like, you know, very kind of tropey, cliched, cinematic story beats of like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen gameplay twice now. We see there's maybe two seconds in this trailer and then what they showed at the PS4 Pro reveal, and that's really all they've shown is like... My God! Yeah, yeah. that that trailer was missing like one, this ends tonight, and another like, "Uh, the unstoppable power of it's it's my turn. And that's what you said, was that it looked like a movie. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's interesting that you compare it to The Force Awakens because you're right, coming off Star Wars, uh, people were burned, but then they kept seeing in Force Awakens yeah. everything that it seemed like the prequels were missing or didn't get right. So what do you think that needs to be done? How do you think Mass Effect Andromeda needs to be presented that will convince people this is changing the things you didn't like about how the Mass Effect trilogy ended up going and getting yeah. excited again? No, that's a really yeah, good I, point. I think I think it's... it's um, so... 
a lot of the Force Awakens stuff really focused on the new characters and setting this new tone, heading in this new direction. There were literally shrapnel of the original franchise was laying on the ground in most of the shots that we saw. We didn't really see Han until the end of one trailer. We didn't see Leia until the movie. We didn't see Luke until the movie, except for that one leaked like Instagram photo that some snitch put up. But for the most part, like you didn't see anything, right? right. So this was about Ray. This was about Poe. This was about Captain Phasma and BB-8 mm-hmm. and all those all those characters. So I think that like leaning more into that, which I think they're doing more and more of now, it's going to help them a lot. And then if you can have moments and nods that go back to the original Mass Effect trilogy, uh, mm-hmm. then that's I think that's a good way to sort of build things up. I mean, aside from like some of the guns in the N7 armor and one Asari floating around, it seems like not really. I mean, it doesn't seem like it really is tied enough yeah. to, to stuff people are familiar with. Um, I mean, I think once we see gameplay, I, one thing that really bugs me is that they kind of set it up by being like, oh, there are these, these arcs of these uh, these four different species that are going off to investigate inhabitable worlds. And you're like, wow, that's a really good setup to play as one of four different races, which was something you know you could do in, in, uh, in Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, why can't I be an alien? Like, let me, let me be an alien. Yeah. Isn't there that line in the trailer, oh, we are the aliens, but we're the yeah, aliens, yeah. Yeah. essentially? <laughs> yep. I don't know. You're I just, so, you sound so sold. I'm, just like, <laughs> I'm a so human weird. being every day. Right. Like, maybe I get to be Jennifer Hale again, but, you know, like, aside from that, it's like, I don't, I don't want to just be some, some man. I mean, you're like... You could be a lady. <laughs> I could be a lady, but you I want to be, be like a blue lady who's like a thousand years old. Don't we all? It's true. Yeah. Well, wait for Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it sounds like we're negative on this. I, 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 I'm, I'm the... Furthest opposite of negative. I'm really? tremendously excited. I think this trailer was really, really, really good. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good yeah. to hear. Because I'm, 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 this is probably second persona my most anticipated. I'm really? cautiously yeah. optimistic about this one. Obviously, it's just I think it's going to be really cool. It'll be a really excellent polished game. I'm sure once you get in there, it'll be incredibly fun to play. And I love a good, you know. Star Wars ish space opera mm-hmm. video game. Yep. Like I, I'll. This is the kind of game where I'll either play it for a little bit and be like, no, or like you won't see me for two months. Yeah, I know? mean, if it's like Dragon Age Inquisition, but uh, with uh, like an off road moon buggy and some jetpacks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm pretty cool with that. And you can bang some some space women. This or episode, this episode men. brought to you by Dragon Age Inquisition <laughs> <laughs> and Lucio Prime. <laughs> Competing sponsors. Um, I'm curious to see. Yeah, like it, it's going to be really weird. Because I think you're right that they need to establish that new in a good way. And, like, I think the reason people love Mass Effect, like, I mean, like, FemShep is incredible and Jennifer Hale did an amazing job. But I feel like most people aren't, like, Shepard's my favorite character. Like, yeah. it's more about Garrus and it's more about Liara and it's more about, mm-hmm. like, the people you meet and like. And so with this, like, we don't really know the squads yet. Like, they said they're bringing back loyalty missions, like, in Mass Effect 2 which is really a good way to, like, get to know them. It's almost like, I mean, like, social links in Persona or, like, things like that where you, like, have those side quests where you get to know characters better. Like, I feel like that's part of why Mass Effect is... Like, by the end of 3, your game is your game because, like, you saved those people and they were part of your crew and, like, you might have lost other ones in favor of these and, like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, why that squad might mean something to you. And I think, like, starting that over is really hard it, and like it, Force Awakens did it well because like I care about Rey you yeah know, I was like just going to say do you think that they should have presented characters that popped sooner in the way that they've been promoting it I think like, that they should yeah. promote yeah. I think yeah. they should promote Rey yeah. like, yes. you well, care I think so yeah. I think that with, with Mass Effect 
promoting it as though the main characters are characters is completely missing the point because yeah. you're basically playing this sort of avatar. Like, yeah. that's you. And there's nothing exciting about being like, oh, okay, you're one of two twins, whatever. That's, it's going to be Well, I think with, second, with people, secondary but. characters, you can do cool stuff. I mean, that's I spent. That's what I mean. Like, I those spent, are the yeah. people you create yeah. your own personal relationships with yeah. as yeah. you're playing the yeah. game. I probably spent $300 on Force Awakens merchandise before I even saw the movie. Like, all those Captain <laughs> Phasma figures I got before I found out she yeah. has two lines and then gets thrown in the toilet. I mean, show me like a, show me like a <laughs> round. We will probably get like yeah. you know some of those some of those kind of like bio where like oh here's inside this new character and uh, guess what it's uh, our first um, I don't know something some some minority that I don't want to step on any toes that they haven't already done or whatever but they're like here's our here's our first uh, polyamorous uh, artichoke woman You're like, oh, okay great uh, good to know. I mean, I think, like, I'm excited that we see some new... Oh, it's a Zoroaster. How exciting. We've never done a Zoroaster before. I'm excited that we see some new races in there, like the, the basketball hoop person at Basket- the end of the That's really stuff. offensive already. Yeah. Um, right up the gate. I said, I know I said artichoke one, but come on. Uh, they did say we're going to... The Game Awards, the Jeff Keighley Show, and basketball first, hoop we're going to see... Yeah, the end of the trailer is the basketball who oh, that guy that keeps getting his head stuck in basketball I think it's hoops. a guy but the creative director someone tweeted and was like this seems like a mean guy doesn't it or he seems like a mean guy doesn't he and the, the creative director quoted that tweet and just went he question mark which is intriguing because maybe it's a lady mm. but anyway we're going to see more at the Game Awards uh, so it's like Game Informers doing a cover right now and then on December 1st we see the first proper gameplay reveal it sounds like at the, at the Game Awards maybe they'll do PSX like I feel like we're going to if they are coming out in March like they have to start ramping up yeah. within the next three weeks, basically. So I think we're going to see a lot, I'm hoping, before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, Especially since it's been out since March already. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Not a lot of buzz since nope. its release. All, all right. right. Very uh, quiet. So next up, speaking of sequels, because that's all we do here, uh, Capcom thinks that Resident Evil 7 will sell 7 million copies. 4 million. 4 million. 4 million. I can't I read like, wow, Resident Evil 4 like, will sell 7 million copies. <laughs> you, just, you just made a lot of investors very happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> they all listen to this show. This, and then broke this, their hearts in, Industry yeah. insight. Yep. Um, yeah. So they put out this whole thing where they they did that part where you're like, oh right, video games is a business, not like. Yeah. A, and they're like, yeah, we've got investors and a foundation title expected to produce revenue not limited to the next two fiscal years, but into the long term as well. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but that gets me hyped for some real <laughs> backwoods yeah. terror. You're gonna like it so much that you're just gonna keep spending money. Look forward to all your paychecks. Yeah. I mean, so if for for reference, that's two point five million less than Resident Evil Five sold. So uh, I think the big discussion here is like, are they doing enough to separate themselves from the original brand? Are they rebooting this game or are they not? Uh, like, what's happening with this franchise specifically? So I think it's like. It's interesting because they're basically saying this is the new direction for Resident Evil, which I'm super into because I think if there's no series in all of games that I think needed a rebranding and a reboot more than Resident Evil. By the time we got to Resident Evil 6, which was just this sort of jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, it was part survival horror, part action game, was trying to please everybody and please nobody. Um, where they're going in the right is in the right direction. Uh, it's very odd to look at a game that sells 4 million copies and be like, oh, they're being kind of conservative. That's like they're looking at that as like they're lowballing this a little mm-hmm. bit. But this is this is meant to reboot the franchise, basically. That's what foundation title means. So I think ultimately, like, this is good. Uh, it's good news. I think it's a good direction for the franchise. I'm personally a little bummed out that it's not 
just a complete reboot. Like it's still vaguely connected to some crap left that in the franchise. Blows my mind. Which I'm like, why? Yeah. Like you're in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. You have you're in you're in first person. All of a sudden, there's VR components. Like kill some darlings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, throw out the like, no yeah. umbrella core. No. Like I I hope they I would have loved like no reference to Leon or Chris or this game anyone. is about it's it's basically a, a found horror footage movie video game. Have you been following this, Terry? I haven't. I'm a huge coward. I avoid oh, really? scary things at all costs. You and I'm Max, like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. More Resident Evil so Seven. The way that- yeah, I remember when we saw the trailer at E3. Not yeah. only could I not watch it, we were projecting it on the massive oh, God, screen. Oh yeah. But I was like, nothing in my life will ever get me to willingly play this game. Right. Oh, yeah. Ever. Especially I don't care how much. Yeah. Well, I was like, Destin, you can beg me for how scary it is, which I'm like never up here to do those anyway. But I'm like nothing ever. Which it's great that it looks that scary. Yep. Yep. But all these other things, considering I I do know sort of how the people's interest sort of cooled and, and they kept trying to tweak things in the yeah. last few games yeah. and it never yeah. was quite working. Uh, yeah, the fact that they aren't just like, let's start at yeah. the base of what worked about this franchise and rebuild from there. I totally agree. I mean, so the yeah. crux of this one is basically it's a found footage survival horror game in first person. Uh, so basically you show up in this in this house, uh, or you're trapped there, whatever the actual quest is, and you start finding tapes and you watch the tapes and then you walk through the areas of the places you just saw the tapes for. So it's kind of blurry witch-ish mm-hmm. where you're like oh we, f- we saw this thing mm-hmm. we're gonna go check it out in the woods it's it's basically being like there's this investigation but don't you like also play as the people in the tapes yeah so like it's yeah. this it's mechanically in terms of how to how to tell a story on multiple layers i think yeah. it's, it's fascinating yeah i will i will not play that game sure it's a spooky time sure but i mean all of these things playing position together exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need a lot on marty because they like horror games yeah uh, <laughs> so basically this is the biggest and best excuse in the history of the franchise to get away from uh, Leon and Wesker mm, and yep. and the hunk and Krauser and all these <laughs> just like these dumb old characters that I used to enjoy when I was like 15 yeah. but uh, they're so bad and they've always been written poorly like they they some of them have punched boulders and come back from the dead and shot rocket launchers and it's like this is a game about finding VHS tapes in a spooky house like let's just get away from all of the baggage of the franchise just call Resident Evil Resident Evil and just have it be about an evil in some residence I'm curious and that's though, it is that <laughs> Do you think that that's the general consensus or just the consensus in this room? Like, are there diehard Resident Evil fans who are, like, already think, hearing you say this and shaking their soul? Like, how that's, can you yeah. not have Umbrella and, and all that's these other That's the questions? question I mean, Capcom's yeah. asking. Because, like, right. Capcom as a whole is, like, I don't know. Like, we don't know what they're making. And maybe they have some, like, awesome thing under their sleeve. But it's, like, right now Street Fighter Five was, like, like, competitively it's fine. But, like, it didn't, like, set the world on fire sales-wise. And it was actually... Super disappointing campaign-wise when it came out. Yeah, Resident Evil Seven kind of needs to do well because I like Capcom's fine. They have Monster Hunter, like they have plenty of other things that are keeping them afloat. But like, if Resident Evil doesn't start swinging back up and mm-hmm. being like a major temple franchise for them, like I don't really know what Capcom is in yeah. five years, ten years. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side, the sort of like jump scare survival horror first person genre is cleaning up on Twitch mm-hmm. and YouTube right now. Yeah. So there's, I think. A great market for this if they position it in the right way and it doesn't become too hokey and too campy and it's actually legit scary uh just watching reaction videos alone and we'll produce our own here at ign uh will be terrifying i have a psvr now and i've done some horror stuff on it and i'm like i love horror movies like i watch all of them i watch every new great horror movie that comes out i have my whole life i don't know what's wrong with me um vr horror stuff is the kind of stuff where i'm like 
whoa. You can't shut your eye. Like, I, you can't yeah, get away from it. I'm like, I don't it. know if I can actually, like, there's certain parts where, and I did the kitchen demo. It's hokey. Um, it's also very old and lo- very low res. Mm-hmm. Um, th- but there's even moments of it where I'm like, oh, I can see how this is going to be a, a terrifying thing. I get very grossed out of, like, being in, like, wretched, old, disgusting kitchens and stuff like that and being mm-hmm. tied down to chairs and seeing, like... Like, that thing that always grossed me out about Resident Evil games is just like, oh, you open up a pot and yeah, it's full of mealworms and pot stuff. for a second? Yeah. In what universe is there anything good in that pot? Not, nothing. Like, like if you're in, like, a disgusting hoarder house, you don't go looking in the cat box for, like, in hopes that there's money there. There's not Oh, there's money a there. gem in there. Oh, I'm yeah. already in a disgusting, filthy place. Yeah. I'll look in the toilet. Yeah. It's going to be cleaner in there? No, it's, it's not. Don't look in the pot. It's full of brooches, you one of the, One of the tropes I really hope they get <laughs> away from <laughs> in this game, I really hope they get away from the really obtuse uh, architectural and level design that was in every Resident Evil game. Like, hey, welcome to the police station. If you want to get in the basement, you need a cat's eye <laughs> and then like the paw of a tiger yeah, that can only finger. be found in the base of a plant that's been mutated to be 70 feet tall. It's like, that's not how you make a police station. Trust yeah. me, I've been in them. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <laughs> and on that, so yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. I also uh, just real quick want to say this game's supposed to come out in January. Like, I don't think this game's going to come out in January. I don't see that happening. I'll be very surprised if this actually. Comes I don't out. think so. I'm either. really curious about this whole idea of like revenue not limited to the next two fiscal years. Yeah. DLC and. Uh, but do you like, think? I mean, the DLC and the idea that it's based around new tapes seems like a really interesting and smart way. That could to be continue. cool. Yeah. Do we know how big this is? If they're if they're protecting like a much smaller expected sales like does that mean that they are just thinking it's like a small treating it like a smaller game like no i think that it goes back to the same conversation we we're having before about expectations of franchises mm-hmm. and how it's been so split and and shattered that like like think about the average person who's not following any of this walks into a store and goes oh resident evil 7 well i didn't play the first six or oops i did and i don't ever want to play another one again yeah i was you know? very surprised that they kept Seven. Me, I'm disappointed. Like, I wish they. We had heard rumors about this game going into E3, and yeah. we. I thought for sure when it said Resident Evil on the screen, I was like, awesome. And then it said seven, and I was like, oh, I mean, the baggage that you dragged in with this thing. I'm really torn because yeah. I'm. I'm a big fan of just being like, drop the number, just yep. reboot it, just yep. call it the title. It's been long enough. You're not going to confuse anybody because they don't sell PlayStation One games at GameStop anymore. Uh, I'm also a big fan of when uh, a logo pops up and then it says a word and then the number shows up and you're like, oh, that number's part of the word. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the logo. You can spell seven so Roman numeral. So the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the way they did the logo for this game, because here it's Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and there it's Biohazard, Biohazard 7 Resident Evil. Like yep. They tied the Japanese name, the US name, and the two different logos complement each other. And yeah, one's a Roman numeral and one's uh, it's real, it's Arabic real numeral. Yeah. Awesome. It was like, really cute and really clever and it yeah. will cost them 1.5 million <laughs> units at launch. Yeah. I know, like the whole idea. If if I'm reading these numbers correctly, four million at launch versus four point eight million total run for Resident Evil Six, and also four million at launch versus six point five million between two thousand nine and twenty thirteen. Yeah. I it sounds to me like they're expecting this four million launch, but then there to be this continued interest. So maybe it will go back up to the six point five over the course of four years or yeah, half yeah. or ever long. Well, by, the, being, by then they'll make Resident Evil eight and nine and stuff like that. My so. thing with this, I, I feel like they're being conservative here, or they think they're being conservative, and they they wanted to say six, but like, let's go for four. When I feel like it's actually going to sell two, like yeah. I mean, I, it, this yeah. feels like to me like I I think four would be about right. But well, I, this I is think better it's kinda, than this is better than that Square Enix thing of selling Tomb Raider, and they were like, oh, well, we sold seven million. We we're like, great, awesome, great job, guys. And they're like, we wanted to sell ten, yeah. and you're like, what? Yeah. 
What universe do you live in? So we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see for this game. What interest Resident Evil is? I mean, you talked about people being burned by Mass Effect. I feel like Resident Evil may even be worse. I mean, well, yeah, because be scary. Right? Yeah, it really it needs, needs to be scary. To be scary. Yeah. Well, also like five compared to four. It's like they literally took everything good about four and like flipped it into bad things. Like five is just it feels like. Like that was when I stopped playing Resident Evil games as they came out because it just well, felt this, like I missed the point. These were the these are the guys that defined the survival horror video game, and now their lunch has been eaten by almost every mm-hmm. other every other franchise out there. Yeah. But also, like the dual prong uh, disaster that is the Resident Evil franchise doesn't just end on games. Like there's been six terrible movies that are yeah, also keep doing the well. The last they do one well, is yeah. coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Soon. Well, did you see? Maybe the, around the same time. That yeah, this the, game is if it's not the going. quotes yeah. about that one about how like it might be the last one or the start of a new trilogy I know, right? it's the last one unless it makes a lot of money yes. and then we're gonna keep it going yeah at least they're um, honest yeah. <laughs> all right so the division what is a game that came out speaking of march you remember the division <laughs> yeah yeah really yeah I mean, it when's, doesn't, the, when's <laughs> the last time you played that game uh three weeks after it came out all right that was this year right yeah i think wow. so yeah yeah Yep. So The Division, obviously, that was a game that was marketed with the kind of long-tail Ubisoft approach where they were like, here's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen that looks really, really cool, and we all got excited, and then as it got closer, we we're like, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm sure it's still got some people playing on there because that's how things work. Uh, they just revealed that they're working on an expansion that's all survival-based, and it looks really cool. Uh, and obviously, they don't have a release date for this yet. They kind of just did like a developer live stream of it. But basically... I mean, what the game is sort of in in actuality, it, it's just it's sort of like Destiny in New York, and you run around, you shoot some stuff, and you know some people liked it, some people didn't. Um, this seems like it could be sort of the 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 Destiny 1.5 expansion for the Division. Uh, basically, what happens here is uh, it's a 24 player mode where there's 24 players dropped on a map. They don't have any mini map or powers. They've got like limited health. Uh, you've got like a crappy little like nine millimeter pistol. All the gear you find, all the stuff you find, you have to find. Uh, and then on top of that, there's a blizzard, uh, and you're supposed to be managing your hunger and your sickness and your warmth as you're just exploring New York in like not just sort of like oh there's a dog pooping and there's snow on the ground, but like you can't barely see in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and presumably there'll be much less going on on, on the HUD, but. Yep. Uh, I just think this is the coolest idea. This sounds like way more in line with something like, um, you know, like Daisy or yep. or Rust, and that's yep. I feel like something that console games haven't ever had. Uh, maybe a little bit with um, what's it called? Uh, World War Z is that it? No, yeah, that's, that's a movie. movie. Something with a Z in it, not Daisy. World H one Z one. That one. There's there we there go. We go. Yeah. Gotcha. That one Z one for not being able to tell these things apart. Um, but yeah, like I feel like for the most part, like AAA publishers are scared of that kind of uh, just uh, letting people kind of create their own game. Yep. I mean, the whole like uh, online experiences may vary. They they still want to have kind of a structure in place for people who maybe want something more more linear and straightforward as a game. But in this case, I feel like the division is really suited for it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what the story is with this. I don't know if it's going to come out for people with season passes or if it's going to yep. be like five bucks or a free update or what. But like, I'm hoping it's a free update because I yeah. think you if if. If for some reason you and your friends are still playing this game, you should be rewarded for it. Because, yeah. I mean, most people dropped off. And I'm actually, like, it's really cool to see Ubisoft supporting this game long after I think everyone moved on to many, many other video games this year. Uh, I got into it for a little while. I think we all did. And then we all just kind of stopped, mm-hmm. you know? And it was odd. And it was like, I liked what it was trying to do. Um, but it makes me happy that the community is still healthy. I mean, you and I were at Rockstar Games a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. just talking to people from the community who are still playing GTA Online 
four years after that game came out, like obviously much bigger, bigger franchise that sold a lot more units. But it's cool to see um, just new content coming for old games that people are still supporting, developers are still supporting, gamers are still playing. So um, I don't think this will ever reach sort of Destiny levels because that kind of had a quiet hum for the first year before it almost completely completely relaunched. Different hype going into it, you know, because it's like, oh, here's the the big thing from Bungie and Activision, whereas this is like, hey, it's us Ubisoft again with a new Tom Clancy jam for all you guys out there in Tom Clancy land. Um, but I, I don't think we've seen the last of the division. I think that we're probably nope. going to see Division Two. I mean, just because of the massive amount of overhead it takes to build something like that from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's that whole Snowdrop engine that they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. Just real quick, this says uh, there's no release date for console yet, but uh, PC players who have the season pass can actually play the beta today. Cool. Oh, so wow. there will be some more info about this. Yeah. Did anyone hear? purchase the beta we should we should see no i don't play pc games I, I think it's interesting i mean as someone who did who really started with destiny year two and i you know i'm more interested in the new raids every time they launch versus any of the the iron banner stuff or mm-hmm. uh, crucible it, like so much of what worked about that is it took a year to really figure out okay what are people clinging to also fixing the things that were just broken um and then from there really leaning into that like the special stuff they were doing for valentine's day with sparrow racing and in like oh yeah that was great it was so much fun to do that and it was really like light and fun you rewarded and and i think maybe if the division wants to have a similar lifespan to destiny and i don't know if they're necessarily comparing it but they i'm sure that internally ubisoft is talking about the the Success mm-hmm. that uh, that Bungie and Activision have had with Destiny and and making it still relevant in its own way um, is figuring out what players want. And I'm curious, you know, no one here is yeah. still playing the Division for us to appropriately say this is what is working so well about the Division when you're still playing it now that you yeah. want more. But the survival expansion sounds like an inter- interesting direction to go, and I am curious to see how they keep coming up with different sort of diverse experiences, still leaning into that core element. For again, for Destiny, it's mm-hmm. like you're here for the the um, team experience of a raid, of working with your friends, or even just like LFG people, whatever. Yeah. Or hey, look at how all the skills I have fighting against other peers for great w- rewards. Right. Well, having like a shared world shooter really requires a community to be there yeah. to function. You yeah. know, it's yep. even, I would say even more so than like a multiplayer shooter because when it's team-based tactical stuff, like you need your, you need your fire team, you need your division squad or whatever yeah. the hell it's called. It's like, it that doesn't work so well with just matchmaking in a lobby and just getting like a handful of randos to come up help you out. Sure. Yeah, I think it's like it's really interesting hearing that from the Destiny perspective to sort of be like, did, I mean, did it feel like they were listening and tuning into what people were playing, what they were connecting with. I don't with, think and then, any Destiny player will be like, Bungie's listening to us, because there's right. always, I feel like there's that contentious relationship. But I do think that with each advancement they have until whenever we get Destiny 2, uh, it, it seems like they're trying to lean into what works, what doesn't. That being said, like my boyfriend plays Destiny way more than any human should play destiny uh and I've heard he was that a like, lot he, he was like that changes iron banner and like we all like this thing and they mess with us so i mean that's, well, that's ga- how i am with pokemon go still well games like that it's like i mean it's it's sort of like 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 hard drug usage no right. no one's like a mild heroin addict yeah 
Oh, I dabble in heroin. <laughs> um, no, it's always interesting to me because it's you ask you ask the community like what they want, and then it's just like it's just like a thousand baby birds like squawking at the same time. You're like, I don't know. God. Yeah, your ask should just be your analysis of what people have been doing. You yeah. never ask people what do you mm-hmm. want because you're right. It's like it's well, tough. We aren't going to give you. I want Goku and Smash Brothers. <laughs> I just want spare racing all the time. Yeah, yeah. I used to make fun of the Smash Brothers things, but then like a, one by one, they gave Smash players pretty much everything they wanted. Mm-hmm. Like yep. people were like. I want Sonic and yeah, Solid Snake. Well, here you go. <laughs> Bayonetta. All right. Um, um, ice Climbers. No. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm going to look around the room and I think I know who, who wrote this. And here it says PSA. Catherine just got added to PSA. It was Marty. Oh, it was Marty? Uh, yeah. I love Catherine, though. And yeah, just yeah, a really quick PSA. Resident Atlas spokesman. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you have uh, PlayStation Now, yeah, Catherine got added. I wish they would do. Um, I've been waiting for this on Xbox backwards compatibility, but I guess PlayStation beat them to it. Uh, so this is, if you don't know PlayStation Now, you can stream PS3 games, basically. So you don't download them. You just play them over the internet. And yeah, Catherine got added. So did Beyond Two Souls, a bunch of other stuff. But So I love PlayStation yeah. Now. It's really cool, and I'm glad I have it. It also kind of pisses me off that games that should just go to the PlayStation Store end up on PlayStation Now. Like Red Dead just went there, and it was like, why not just put that on the store? I mean, I guess the idea is it's like an all-in-one thing. It's like yeah. the same reason as Amazon Prime or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like that idea of like you're paying your subscription fee and you have access to like hundreds of games. But no, I totally get that. And I mean, it's I don't know. I'm not. You don't actually own anything when you're when you're like playing mm-hmm. stuff digitally. But like the idea of it just being beamed to me instead of just being downloaded on my console is just like kind of. They spent me off. a lot of money on Guy Guy, so I don't think. I mean, that, I that's know. honestly what it I is, know. right? It's well, like it's also, they put so much into that investment of streaming services. Yeah. By having some like weird apparatus that c- connects your internet cable to a controller that has robot hands on it that's playing a PS3 that's plugged into it. Yeah. Or whatever that is. I don't know how that works. I don't know how any of this works. Or whatever a Gaikai is, plugged into that, it's a lot easier than taking a game made for a PS3 and taking it apart and then fitting it into of a PS4. Of course. And yeah. it's also so, that yeah. thing of like, no, I totally now get works that. from PC. Like, yep. I mean, like, yep. there's like, there's really cool, I, I think it's like a really smart way of doing it. I personally agree. I would rather just spend money on one game and have it. Yeah, I know it's a matter of not play. worry about my internet being down so I can't play it yeah. or whatever. You probably have yeah. to recode the entire thing or something yeah. like that. I have no idea how that works. I, I, do really, but, I haven't messed around with PS now at all and, yeah. and wasn't honestly super aware of it before this. I wonder, it does remind me a little bit of Netflix where what's new, what leaving this yeah. month, right? To yeah. have yeah. that control over it. And, you know, you when you download it to your console, you have it, right? Exactly. But Netflix yeah. doesn't allow that. You know, I want to go watch a Marvel movie. Nothing's on there now. Well, it's why I bought, I mean, like, on Amazon Prime, I just started building up a digital library of being like, oh, you know, like, I really love, like, the Star Wars movies and Willy Wonka and all these, like, Indiana Jones. And I'm like, well, some of these things come and go from Netflix. Some of them will never be there. So, like, I'll just spend the 12 bucks and own it forever. Right. And whenever I want to watch it, I have that. Um, you don't really have that with PlayStation now. So it's sort yeah. of like – and I mean we're – gamers in general and 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 people who love film and TV are sort of losing control over tangible media every single day. But we're also losing control over digital media, which I think is even weirder. What? No, I'm just laughing because Marty put this on so we would say, Catherine's great. You should play it. It's like, <laughs> no, you should play it. <laughs> That's you, should, you should totally play it. I just think it's, I think it's kind of interesting that like uh, on PlayStation – on Xbox, basically, you just get it backwards compatible. There it is. Like, I got Gears of War, and it came with all the codes for the last four Gears of War games. Now I just own those. This is a different story. Anyway, yes. Yeah, no, no, sorry. I was trying to cut you off. I, that's no, it's fine. I was... You did it. Oh, dang. <laughs> we get it. Go play yeah. Catherine. Got it. Okay. The Good puzzle PSA. game where you have a girlfriend, you get to climb the blocks. Got it. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got a great segment here. It's called What We Are Playing, the number one virtual reality Dracula podcast. Thank you to uh, Beyond Listener Tiger Bauer for that. Uh, uh, I love his Wolf name. Blitzer's worst enemy. Tiger Bauer. Joke last time. Yeah, you can make it every week. Okay. Wolf Blitzer's worst enemy, Tiger Bauer. <laughs> At it again. Uh, let's see. So three really, really big games hit PlayStation VR this week. Um, I don't know why they weren't there at launch, but I think little by little, some of the bigger publishers are started in the show what they're what they've been working on. Um, first up, we got Robinson: The Journey from Crytek, which was supposed to be, and in some ways, is the best looking PSVR game yet. Um, it's a first person survival walking simulator style game where you're a kid named Robinson who's on a space station that explodes and you crash land on a planet covered in dinosaurs and you have this portal to Wheatley style robot sphere that follows you everywhere and kind of negs you in a British accent and you have a pet T-Rex who's a baby and he follows you everywhere too and the robot's kind of like he's going to kill you someday watch out um I really 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 wanted to like this game because I think it does a lot really well uh first of all this is a game about exploring this prehistoric planet uh, that's also covered in weird shrapnel and debris from space stations that have exploded, which I really like because it's sort of that uh, used future look. Um, the sense of scale in this game in VR is incredible. Just watching brontosaurus just go by in a VR helmet and looking up reminds me of like a really well-done version Can of that scene. Do you see scene. their junk? No, they don't have junk. Is that why they died out? That's why they died. They didn't wow. They didn't have any parts. They could <laughs> How tragic. Together. Yeah, it's real bad. Um this game is uh, very weird in terms of movement because it uses head tracking for almost everything. But you move on a scale that's almost like a pie chart. So instead of just turning left and right like you would in a first-person shooter because that's a little nauseating for most people, you actually move in kind of clicks left and right. Um, and you're this kid named Robinson. You have to walk around this world. And one of the coolest things about it is that there's plant life and animal life any, everywhere. And you scan them and you start building out this encyclopedia that you can see in your VR helmet and then look at them and be like, these are raptors. And then you have this like scale model of moving raptors that you can rotate mm-hmm. and look at. It's kind of like a No Man's Sky sort of thing. Yeah, but not, yeah. Not, yeah not, but not, don't get angry at it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, with, but with like creatures that, you know actually existed okay. at some point. No depending, one can ever prove that, though. Depending on who you're voting for. <laughs> um, and uh, the problem with this game is that some of the puzzles are really obtuse. Um, there's, like, weird, weird clipping issues where you have to, like, pick up objects and they get, like, kind of, like, fuzzy and it, they clip through things and smash and break and stuff like that. Uh, climbing in this game is something that you have to do a lot and it's not good. Ooh. Crytek actually had a climbing game that they made before that apparently um, Dan Stapleton was telling me about. It's just not a really, it's called The Climb and it's mm. really bad and they took a lot of it and dropped it right in this game. So it doesn't really work. But that being said, um, it's $60. I think it's way too much money. If you see this game for 20 bucks down the line and you're looking for a game that will last you five, six hours in, in, in on your PSVR, definitely check it out um i'd probably give it like a six or something like that it's got it's got some major issues but i really do like a lot of it is uh, it i didn't realize it was 60 dollars yeah. it's like a lot first, of money is that like the first full priced like how many other 60 dollar um i believe battle zone the tank game is 60 dollars but that's like wow. also a full-fledged game mm-hmm. eve i believe is also 60 dollars isn't rigs 
Riggs, I might. Yeah, I think it's sixty as well. Okay. R- yeah, Getting Riggs is one of the. Yeah. I put together a tier list once. I, mean, um, yeah. I haven't even looked at the so, VR section of the store at all. So the thing is about PSVR is the reason it's awesome is because most of the games you can get for it are like anywhere between ten and forty dollars. Yeah, and that's what I thought. Yeah, Robinson at forty dollars would have been like something I would have actually suggested to a lot more people. But like I don't know, I have a soft spot for dinosaurs. I love them. I always have since I was a kid, and like the idea of just being on this planet and walking around and like looking up and seeing these huge trees and pterodactyls hey, and so T-Rexes. How, how long is this game and what is the replay value? Um, so Which you could probably, could, yeah, you could probably get through the main story in like three or four hours if you rushed, but it's tough to do that because, um, because you'll puke all over yourself. You will puke. Um, <laughs> I, I'm developing what people are calling VR legs, which is sort of like sea legs. Yeah. Of like, you're like, oh, I don't. This got me really nauseous at, when I first put it at launch, but now I'm really good at it. Um, which is weird because it's like you're like you're, it's your brain telling you this is not real, but sort of like dipping into the reality that that you are experiencing movement that in a false way. Uh, what the what the game does for replay value is scanning stuff. And scanning stuff in this game is cool. It's not just like filling up bars. So you'll walk up to like a brontosaurus and you'll go to pull out your scanner and it will be covered in green dots and like 70 green dots and five red ones. And using your head, you have to look around and scan the green dots. But if you look at one of the red ones, it cancels out and you have to start over. So it's sort of like a scanning mini game rather than just like right done just like trace uh, the dinosaur with your eyes it's kind of like that so it's it's really interesting and then when you get a lot of them enough of them like you can't just scan one brontosaurus to get them you have to scan five or six to be like i have an understanding of the species now and then it gets logged in your I've book i've seen and, five of these dinosaurs i am an expert in i dinosaurs. know them <laughs> i know them top to bottom is this weird child uh so yeah that's robinson um I cut you off though you no it's fine oh yeah. i was gonna ask uh you keep saying it's a walking simulator you're walking around yeah i just wanted like so are you you're holding a controller, a move controller? You're time? holding a controller that looks like a move controller, but the developers haven't patched in move support yet. Are you so serious? It's, it's really weird. So wait, so are you you're holding like a regular PS4 controller? No, no, no. You're holding like what looks like a wand with a ball on the end of it. No, but what are you holding? In the game. Oh, in real life, you're yeah. holding a PS4 controller. Okay. So I have a feeling they're going to patch support in eventually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That would make sense. It's weird, so, right? So are you yeah. moving like the hand, the in-game? God, I hate talking about VR. Why do <laughs> Okay. So you're in the game and you're holding this thing that's not actually a thing yes. you're holding. Are you moving that around with, with like the joystick or something? Is it like aiming uh, a gun and a uh, first person shooter or is that with your eyes? So put it this way. Uh, left stick controls your pie chart movement, right? Which okay. is sort of like clockwise left and right and behind you. Uh, your eyes you move the camera and then the right stick moves your hand. Okay. Which is so holding it, yeah. the okay. Which is okay. holding a fake in, in move, controller. move controller. So eventually, you'll probably be able to play this game with two right. move controllers. So instead okay. of the right stick, it'll be yeah. actually yeah. So, so with the, with the pie chart thing, are it just sounds very clicky? Like are you are you not kind of? But it's not nauseating. The thing is, they give you the is option. It like, is it like is it like VR like, is it yeah. like Google Street View? When you like move around with the arrows, yes, you but kind of... much much faster. Okay, yeah. Um, so you can actually go on the options and set it so that you can go full like three sixty movement. And I tried it, and it's way too jarring for me. Wow, okay. like it's actually it's it makes you very dizzy. Um, and there are a couple parts in the game where like you walk up to a ledge and you look down, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like VR changes a lot of things when it comes to stuff like that, you know. So um, it's cool. Uh, like I said, I can't really recommend it at sixty bucks. I think they're doing a lot of good stuff. Um, it's sort of like a mixed bag texture wise. Like it goes from being one of the most beautiful games on PSVR to being like, man, that looks like a weird 
like N64 texture. Huh. Um, apparently, it runs way better on the PS4 Pro, which I'll get on Thursday, and I'll let you guys know next week how VR games look on that. Um, another one I played this week, uh, Ubisoft put out a game called Eagle Flight. People which, were so excited about this. I know. I feel like. It's no? awesome. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I adore Eagle Flight. This might be my favorite PSVR game so far. So uh, when we first saw Eagle Flight, I believe it was E3? Uh, Two E3s ago? We saw this, yeah, I played on Oculus at some point. Yeah. Um, and that was all the multiplayer, though. That was yeah. just, like, shooting pellets at your friends. And so stuff. everything we've seen from this game so far has been multiplayer, but uh, so, yeah. everything I played so far for about five or six hours has been single player. Really? So Eagle Flight is a game, it is a first-person cartoon eagle simulator <laughs> where you play as an eagle, uh, who I believe has, like, an eagle wife and family. And the great thing about this game is it's in VR, and you see your beak in front of you the entire time. So you put on the headset, and immediately you just have this, like, this huge beak in front of you. And you see his feathers off on the side. Um, and it takes place in an open-world version of Paris that's after the human apocalypse happens. Uh, it's covered in in plant life kind of like I am legend I never expected lore to this game yeah no there's lore it's great like at one point I saw a crash satellite which I think like things just went bad but the cool thing about that it doesn't really dwell on the darkness of it all it just goes here's an excuse to let you fly around Paris it's now covered in wild animals so like you'll dip through an alleyway and there'll be like five zebras running you'll turn the corner there's like four elements and three uh, elephants and three flamingos and they're just all hanging out Uh, there's like a bunch of giraffes just like futzing around it's great Um, so you learn different movies in this game like you can you can do this scream that will kill hawks what <laughs> yeah you're like ah! and it kills crows it makes them just explode in the sky huh. um, it's open world so you're flying around and collecting stuff but there's also sort of Ubisoft style waypoints and mini map missions that let you do cool stuff like go on uh, hunting missions or like make your nest bigger there's an actual story to it all like I don't know how. They just wrote a story about eagles and They're birds. They're just two-hour Kojima-esque cutscenes. Kind of, yeah. Uh, and you do cool stuff like you race through the catacombs and you like you fly up to the middle of the Eiffel Tower and stuff like that. And you've been to Paris before, right? Yeah, no, I, and I remember yeah. at E3, I think they were showing uh, during their presentation like a four-people race, yeah. like team-based yeah. race or something, and they were doing that all around the Eiffel yeah. Tower as well. So the cool thing about this is that you hold a PlayStation 4 controller, left stick, uh, left trigger slows you down, right trigger speeds you up everything else in this game is done with head tracking so your movement is all just like and like to turn you actually tilt your head like a confused bird um you just tilt it right or left so like my wife came in the room the other day and was just like started laughing because i'm sitting on the couch and they're just playing this like serene enya music on tv and there's just like scroll eagle flying through the sky and I'm sitting on the couch just like flying around collecting feathers and I'm like video games are so great so (laughs) stupid Um, the sense of movement and scale and flying in this game is pretty much unmatched it's really nice to see a VR game being done by like a really big AAA company like the way they've handled just like there's no nausea in this game. I don't get dizzy playing it like it actually starts to get dark and a little blurry when you move too fast to the left or right um my only issue with it so far is that some of the mission structure is a little repetitive, and I've noticed some frame rate issues, which is incredibly jarring, jarring in VR. Like, have you ever seen frame rate, uh, frame, 
Jesus. Frame rate dips in VR. It gets really bad. It's like slideshowy in your eyes. So that that's kind of scary. Rough. Yeah. Uh, now, finally, we've got uh, Call of Duty Jackal Assault, which yeah. is uh, made by Tiger Bauer and Wolf Pitzer's friend, Jackal that's, Assault. That's yep. right. Jackal uh, Assault. <laughs> well, also, knowing nothing about this, when I first saw Call of Duty Jackal Assault, I was hoping it was some weird VR spinoff where you play as Jackal. It is not that. I was hoping it was a game where you had to fight Jackals because they're cool <laughs> animals. Uh, instead, it's a sort of like Star Wars esque Eve online. Uh, or Eve Valkyrie sort of first-person dogfighting simulator, uh, which, again, people are getting very nauseous playing, but I'm kind of okay with because I've gotten better at this. It's about five or six minutes long. Uh, it's score-based, kind of like the Battlefront thing that's coming out soon. Um, and it's cool. It's totally free. You should check it out. Uh, I have no idea how it fits with the campaign for Infinite Warfare because I probably won't go anywhere near that game. Uh, Jackal is your friend. Yeah. He's a spaceship. That's, you actually play as a Jackal who That's probably totally true. Um Graphics-wise, it's one of the better-looking PSVR games. It's cool. It's free. Download it. It's out there. Uh, even if you don't have a PSVR, just grab it. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. That's what VR playing. Thanks for letting us, letting us know about that. Of course, it's, man. Uh, yeah. I'm waiting for you to like, come in with like tan lines or something from wearing the VR hat too much. For you to come in with a beak. Like, I just imagine <laughs> you, like, you have your own beak. That yeah. You yeah. I think I'm definitely... I've gotten it's, to the point where I it's... I have a um, smile on my face staring yeah. at you listening to you talk about Eagle Flight because I'm imagining I have a big nose, here. so it's a good fit. Um, I, I, I've had the thing where you, like, you get out of it and there's a little bit of redness on your face, but other than that, PSVR is the most comfortable headset, so... Cool. Yeah. Um, um, I may have to... You think rapid fire is going to be very let's do, rapid? Let's do, yes, we're, we're, we're right. real rapid. Uh, okay. And if you really want to leave, I don't care. You can just walk out. No, I, I, you're, I, not, you're not a prisoner I, here. You're, you're a guest. You're beyond in time. that camera right now. The if world we're doesn't faster, exist. Faster, yeah. should be good. All right, okay. so rapid fire is the thing we do every week. It is a part where we go into one of the various groups of social media things and ask questions. We present them from people and they get the other thing with whatever. Um, Facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Or YouTube.com slash IGN beyond. Anyway, Dionysus Saracinus, which has a, has a really cool name. Yeah, awesome. No more video games or no more pizza. No which more one pizza. can go away forever? You What? No more pizza. Ooh. Uh, there was a Friendship Island once. If there were, and this was the population. And now I think we've okay. had a sacrifice. May I <laughs> posit you this question? Mm-hmm. Were there no more video games, how would you make money to buy pizza, hmm, Brian? At my pizza store that I opened. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Goldfarb? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, no more video games. I like pizza a lot. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a job, and it's just yeah. That's all so right. wait, I mean, do we lose all the ingredients for pizza, pizza too? Pizza in LA is not great. I that's know. true. It's not great. Yeah. I'm like, if it was like no more tacos, yeah, no more sushi. Like, I'm I'm an East Coast girl, but I've totally come around okay. to the food out here, and I'm like, you know what? No more pizza. Pizza. You're, I don't eat pizza that much anyway. I'd rather play. Terry, pizza. you're allowed. You're allowed back. I'm on back Friendship on Friendship Island. Island. Yay! Do you mind? I just like sing. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. I know we gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> All right. Sean Messler says, "Gameplay or story? Which do you prioritize, and would you forgive one being poor if the other is good?" Yeah, I love this question. This is a tough it's one. Hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like story. there are a lot of. You prioritize story. I do, and it's because I come from a TV movie side. Yeah. All game, like I, I'm the opposite. And whenever I write about games, too, I think people are like. But how was the gameplay? What were the mechanics? Like this, that. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was right. only. I'm so excited for Horizon Zero Dawn because of that. Because I'm like, oh, yay, the lore. It seems great. Anyway. Really? Because yeah. I see tra- the trailers for that game. And for me, like the minute to minute gameplay is what attracts me to it. Like. I, I also killed the. Some oh, the big, big T-Rex thing. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I did it at E3 twice. No one else. They were like, you were the first really? who did it. Damn. I like, and again, no, like, that's awesome. don't ever look at the gameplay. So I, feel, I feel so like I of, super proud of, that. of the games I play the most, the ones I return to more and more are the ones that focus on gameplay over story. I also think mm-hmm. that games in general do have 
a very tough time telling a compelling story mm-hmm. most of the time. So I think if a game tries to tell a story really well uh, and fails, if it's backed up by good gameplay, I can I forgive it more. Yeah. It's really hard. Like, I mean, I think when you – because I, I totally align naturally with you. I would prefer a good story. But when you get a good story with bad gameplay or even just mediocre gameplay, you get something like Mafia where, yeah. like, the story of, is fantastic in that game, but the actual – 30 hours of gameplay becomes a chore because yeah. you just and I mean even to some extent uh, like Bioshock Infinite and some parts of The Last of Us like you're just churning through gameplay to get to the next story beat mm-hmm. and to get to that next cutscene so like it's hard to have one without the other I mean I agree with you I find myself playing games for gameplay more but I probably get more out of a game with a really good story. I think I don't mean to not let Max answer this question as well, but it's interesting. I find myself not returning to a lot of games. I'll usually play a game for the story and then move on to the next like I would with mm. a, a TV show, and I find myself not being as engaged by more gameplay-driven games, with the exception being Destiny, which I still come back to yeah. sporadically. Um, because, yeah, I'm like, oh, I got to the end of the story. Okay, that, like... Yep. I had my run. Yeah. yeah. I think there's uh I'm I will be way more forgiving of bad story if there's good gameplay. Yes. Yep. Uh, and I will be way more forgiving of vice versa, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I yep. love I love uh I love early Metal Gear games on the basis that they're totally weird and they're I mean they're like G.I. Joe meets mech robots meets anime but i'm terrible at stealth games but then you can also get in a cardboard box and cover yourself with wolf urine so (laughs) i'm like huh interesting i still suck at these games but i like them um but then again you know something like like i love i love far cry 3 that's one of my favorite games ever but it also has like a a pretty garbage story i guess nothing really too interesting about it if that was a movie i'd be like all right whatever you know yeah yeah, I felt. I mean, I felt the same way about uh, Far Cry Four, where it yeah. was just like, oh, the story's it's here so in the primal. beginning of the end. Yeah, yes, yeah. like you know, all that, all that stuff. Like, I mean, and Far Cry Primal had a story, mm-hmm. right? But it was just like a bunch of people yelling at each yeah, other. Yeah, it really was. And I didn't um, care, but but, yeah. th- but playing that game was awesome. Uh, finally, Brendan Feldmeyer says, "What do you predict will be the biggest surprise at PSX?" While you guys are answering, I'm going to start preparing to open some boxes. Be careful. Uh, Goldenrod, what do you think about PSX? A surprise? Uh, I mean, I hope we get to see what another first party is doing. I, I have a feeling we're not going to get it. Like, I feel like PSX is going to be pretty... I, I mean, we don't know yet, obviously. Yeah. But, like, I'm I'm expecting, hopefully, some more Spider-Man gameplay. I'm mm. guessing Kojima says something. Uh, they've already said God of War is not going to be there. Like, I don't know. I, I hope we get surprised. But I feel like PSX for them this year is being set up more as, like updates on things we already know about mm-hmm. but I, I would love to be wrong i mean i would love to see some crazy first party game that we don't know about yeah i would love a new first party game revealed i would love um i don't know something with the vita maybe some sort of send yeah. off like that would be a surprise uh, yeah that would definitely be a surprise <laughs> what is um, all this okay i i really have to go on this okay, call okay. Then goodbye, goodbye, goodbye oh i'm sorry bye everybody anything because i haven't been paying attention to good. what will be oh. at psx well that's a good way of that's going in answer. anything in life is like you just kind of <laughs> go in blind and then you're you're surprised no matter what happens Goldfarb, right? this one's for you yeah, you get that. Take it with you. Just, is it just an empty box? Yeah, it's an empty box. Yay. Is that what we got? We got a bunch of events. Uh, no, we got a uh, we got a couple packages. This is to the Beyond panel. My attempt. Uh, this is from Matt. Uh, he says, "This is my attempt at a listener secret Santa enclosed. I have various tchotchkes, some old, some new, some straight up, and should be trash. Pass them around. Take what you want and steal someone else's if you feel so compelled. I have also included an extra empty box to send stuff to another listener or myself to keep this going. Whoever ends up <laughs> with the Van Dam DVD <laughs> or the real winner, thanks for the endless hours of entertainment. Keep up the good work and sorry nothing's edible." <laughs> Well, great. Now I have to go steal that box from Andrew and mail it. I assume it. this is all for me because I've earned it as a uh, long, so. long panelist. Hundreds so of all episodes. All back to episode one. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, all, all Beyond, Beyond guests get us. Been there since the, the early days. 
Let's see what the hell is in here. Oh boy. Oh, there's the Van Damme. Demon. All right. Ooh. You want to vamp a little bit on this? All right. The next one. This is like my second unboxing ever. Okay. John Claude Van Damme five movie collection featuring wow. the Hard Cops, Universal Soldier, The Return, Maximum Ooh. Risk. Second Command and Double Team. We got a Frozen Ball. That's pretty exciting. Oh, it's got exciting. Double Team? I love that one. I'm well, taking this. Uh, there's a Mario car from Hot Wheels, which Wait, I'm taking Wait, you said I could sure. steal whatever I want from people. I want to steal that from oh, you. Oh, what is this? Not Secret brutal, Santa rules? Brutal Pause of Fury. Pause of Fury? Or is it Fury or Furry? Here's furry that for the case for Sega C. Well, oh, no, it's another Fury. Whole thing. What is this? It's 1R. It's is this seriously brutal on three different systems? Oh, I'm bad at this game. Brutal Pause of Fury. Okay. This is a Max Goval joint. Here's a cow that turns into a dragon. That's pretty cool. Here's a Frozen ball. Oh. <laughs> Wait, there's All so right. much brutal pause of fury. Well, this is here. a weird weird bag of presents. Yeah. I like it. Wait, Thank you very many, much. Thank you, Matt. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks, I'm stealing Matt. the Van Damme DVD. This is great. I, I've really been meaning to watch oh, Double just, Team. For Goldfarb will get the cardboard box. Goldfarb always gets the cardboard box. Oh my lord. You guys get Sony presents. Oh, I'm not keeping boy. it real. We never get presents. Uh, Some presents keeping it real, too. Jeremy McTires is, a, as a freelancer, have you ever test-reviewed a game for developers so they might make changes to improve review scores? Um, I've done. I've given feedback at preview events that has gone to change the game. But in terms of mock reviews, I've never really done that because of this job. Um, oh, my God. That is edible. Are those Laffy Taffies? This is five pounds of Laffy oh. Taffy. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. Uh, the five what? pounds of gummy bears, I would like to point out, whoever sent us those a couple weeks ago, uh, those got passed around the office and became sort of a typhoid Mary of colored bears. Uh, people were just stuffing their hands in there, and uh, uh, it was it was real disgusting. Uh, luckily, the Laffy ladies. Taffies are, uh, yeah. I'm just tearing into this. This is absurd. I see anyway. a caramel apple one I want to try. All right. All right. Terry, where can people find what you're doing? Uh, you can find what I'm doing on IGN.com, surprisingly enough. Also at Terry underscore Schwartz on Twitter and mostly in the movies and TV section of mm-hmm. the website. So if you never go to those, if you're usually hanging out with these guys on the game side, come come visit what's, us. What's the last We're thing friendly. you worked on that people should go check out that you're most proud of? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, I did do a lot of BlizzCon coverage, but and, and that was really cool, a lot of wow stuff. But we've been doing a lot of really cool Westworld coverage, a show that I'm super into right mm-hmm. now. I know We've I missed the Westworld conversation big, big fans, so. before. Um, and also, actually, I'm working on a Moana piece coming okay. up in the coming weeks, if you don't know. It's the new Disney animated and movie. you're also about to take an interesting trip. I am. Well, I'll say the Moana piece, if you see something about Moana, click on it, because I worked hard on it, and that, you know, most things are fun, but this one I'm excited about. I've been calling the movie Mona. Yeah, Mona. that's wrong, right? Oh, well, that's, sorry, I should not, that made it's it a lot more sexual when it's about, like, an adventurous teenage girl. Oh, boy. Um, and The Rock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, cool trip coming up. Ghost in the Shell trailer launching this weekend. You're probably on the fence about it. You're probably screaming white watching at your uh, at your computer right now. Beyond that, white watching, <laughs> white watching, and white watching. Weight watchers, uh, weight watchers. whale watching. Uh, yeah, we're we get to go to Tokyo. I get to go to Tokyo. Wow. You guys have to stay here yes. while mm-hmm. Casey Chin from Snapchat and I go to uh, IGN Snapchat and I Rat go to bastards. Tokyo, uh, where we're going to get to talk to Scarlett Johansson about All the movie. Right. Have we're you been to Tokyo get... before? I have. All right. And also it. tying back to you know, Andrew is very jealous. That's probably why I had to leave. There's yeah. a Persona 5 pop-up cafe we're totally gonna go oh, to. Yeah. Well, crap. So, yeah. Focus. Keep an eye on uh, the IGN Snapchat and also just IGN in general for, uh, you know, yeah, just, I'm sure that's good. You probably should keep be, coming back to IGN. Yeah. yeah. And if you're in a that store and you're like, I really want some Laffy Taffy, don't get the uh, caramel apple kind because it really just looks like a, a thing of turds. Wow, that does look like a thing of turds. That looks like 
Also, I think it was real hot. Was it hot in this bag? Uh, I'm going to bring this up real close to the camera. Beyond, thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, We're going to take a look at this. It smells like the old My Little Ponies in here. I'm confused at this Super Mario thing. It smells like the strawberry horses. Yeah, I don't like cars with mustaches or really eyebrows or any kinds of stuff they put on cars these days. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.